And thank you for joining us today for the teaching and preaching ministry from Central Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. As associate pastor, Barry Murray shares from the Bible how to live in a fallen world. The goal of Central Baptist Church is to change the world by teaching the Word of God. Come, let's listen in. I'm going to speak on this topic, how to have a well mind. And those who know me, you're going to think, here we go. He's going to be telling jokes about my mind and about my problem. And you're correct. I am. I talked to your husband. I talked to your wife this week and got things on you. But I'm going to preach a Bible truth today that uh, if you're... if. If you're more traditional, conservative, and stoic in your church worship service, you may as well leave now because you're not going to like this morning too well at all. But I'm going to preach something from the Bible that will help us to have a well mind. Proverbs chapter 17, if you would, Proverbs chapter 17. Summertime is a rough time to preach. People are gone. People are here, there. Your mind's on where are you going this afternoon? Are we coming back tonight? Are we going tomorrow on vacation? It's a hard time as pastor. I remember, remember it. People are gone and, and already gone. But uh, So I try to make the summertime a little more light in my preaching. Uh, and uh, So I, th- I found this story that kind of goes along with my message today. And uh, so if I, I was, if I was you, if you have stitches, you may want to hold them this morning before we get out of here. Uh, we're going to have a good time in the Lord, and hopefully I can help you uh, in this way. Sitting on the side of a highway was a state patrol officer trying to catch speeders. He noticed this car coming by him, and the car was going 22 miles an hour. He thought to himself, that driver is just as dangerous as a speeder. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That, that's me. So he turns his lights on, he chases this driver, and he pulls them over. At 22 miles an hour, it wasn't hard to catch. He approaches the car, he notices in the car there are five older ladies in the car, two in the front seat and three in the back seat. Their eyes are wide open, and they're white as a ghost. The driver, obviously confused, says to him, Officer, I don't understand. I was doing exactly the speed limit, what seems to be the problem? Man, the officer replies, you weren't doing the speed limit, but you should know that driving slower than the speed limit can also be a danger to other drivers. She said, slower than the speed limit? No, sir, I was doing the speed limit exactly at 22 miles an hour. And she was very proud about that fact. She was following the speed limit. State police officer trying not to chuckle explains to himself, ma'am, You are on Route 22, (laughs) and that's not the speed limit. A little bit embarrassed, she grinned, and she thanked the officer for pointing out her error. And before he let her go, he said, ma'am, I got to ask you a question. Is everybody in the car okay? I noticed these women seem awful shaken, and they haven't muttered a single word the whole time we've been talking, he asked. She said, well, officer, they'll be all right. We just got off Highway 119. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How to have a well mind. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's read Proverbs chapter 17. 
I know some of you drive that way, don't you? And, uh, all right. Look at verse number 19, Proverbs 17 and verse number 19. He that loveth transgression, that loveth strife. He that exalteth his gate, seeketh destruction. He that hath a froward heart, findeth no good. And he that hath a perverse tongue, falleth into mischief. He that begetteth a fool, doeth it to his own sorrow. And the father of a fool hath no joy. And here's the verse for the day. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. A wicked man taketh the gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. Thank you, Lord, for your word that you've given to us. Thank you for all the words of the word of God. And thank you for the truth that we're going to look at this, this morning may be simple and may be so basic to some that are going to say, boy, that was kind of a, a very unusual day. But Lord, I believe that all your Bible is true. And I believe you've given us to, this to us for a purpose. So tonight, may we listen to it. Maybe I can help somebody today, not only in their Christian life, but also with their health. I ask you to bless now this time your name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Thank you so much. Now, obviously, you're already saying to yourself, Good. Pastor Barry's here. We'll be out of here on time. <laughs> and if you're really good and you laugh at when you're supposed to laugh, you might get out of here on time today and we'll see. The word cheerful there uh, in verse number 19 means a well mind, a well mind. Our Lord says to be of a good cheer uh, three times when Jesus Christ was here, he told people to be of good cheer. And that's going to be the outline for the message today we'll look at here in a few moments. He says, I want you to have a well mind. I want you to have a merry and cheerful countenance because it doeth good. I'd rather ha hang around somebody who likes to have fun than somebody who's a bore. I'd rather have someone who's excited about the fact they can still walk around and live life and they're not ready for the casket. It means a person who doesn't enjoy life, though, if I'm reading this right, doesn't have a well mind. A person who isn't cheerful can't have a well mind. And I understand that church has different atmospheres and different things we look at. And I understand this, this morning that, that uh, some think church is too much fun. And think, some think church is too serious. And some think this and some think that. And, and I, I don't have the balance. I don't have the right equation to find out exactly where we're at. But I know this that I'm going to be cheerful. Being cheerful, I can have a well mind. I think there are some things funny that Jesus said and did. I think the Bible has a lot of funny things written into it. When I love it and I laugh and I read the part about uh, they woke up dead. I mean, how do you wake up dead? I mean, how, how do you do that? And I think that's funny. It's something that gets our attention. I think there is even some sarcasm in Scripture, as Pastor has shared with us. But those who think that the church is just this, uh, uh, and I appreciate all the songs today that kind of all fit into the message today. But if, if you think church is just holy, holy, holy uh, all the time, then why do you live like the devil the rest of the week? Are you with me? If you think this is the way it's supposed to be, formal and, and whatever, and thank the Lord we don't have robes on the choir, I'd quit. I wouldn't sing anymore in the choir because I'd be too hot, and I'm not wearing a robe. And uh, I wait for my wings, but I'm not wearing no robe. And, but but some, they think that needs to be in church. Some things need to have this kind of furniture, and they think you have this, and need to have that. And I'm still looking for the church that Jesus Christ pastored. I want to see the place he was at when he pastored. 
to see what the furniture looked like in his church. What I find is a meadow. What I find is the side of a mountain. What I find is the side of the seashore. Where you bring your old chair, you sit in the ground when they have church. So, they, so some believe that when they come, that we're coming because Jesus lives at the church. But he doesn't live here. This is a building made of brick and, and mortar and nails and wood and, and uh, concrete and, and uh, asphalt. And one day it'll be all gone. He doesn't live here. And when we all go, it's empty. He's not here. But when we all come, he comes with us and we have church. Some come to church to see uh, maybe how God's doing. They haven't seen him for a week. want to see how he's doing next Sunday. So they show up at church to see him. They come here to worship. Then they go out and live like the devil, as I mentioned, throughout the rest of the week. But the Lord isn't here any more than he is in your kitchen at home right now because you're not there. He's not here any more than he's in other places that Christians gather. This morning, if we were down in Kannapolis at the stadium, the Cannonballer Stadium, having church this morning, he would be there. He would be there where we're at. The woman at Sychar Well said, Yea, we know about you Jews and how you worship. We know you, you worship, uh, that you worship uh, there in Jerusalem and the temple and all that stuff. We know how it is, but we Samaritans, we worship at Mount Gerizim, right? We worship there, and that's who we are. We know your worship. And Jesus said, that's not true. The day is coming, and the day now is, where you will worship me in spirit and in truth. So we kind of have this worship stuff a little messed up sometimes, don't we? Day is coming, you will worship me in spirit and in truth. He meant wherever Christians gather together, they can worship God. Some people do go to church expecting to hear, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which we sang today, by the way. It's in my notes here, but Barry didn't talk to me about that first. But it's one of the songs, and it's a fine song. It's a wonderful song in church. But we don't come just for 45 minutes of that, by the way. And uh, we think we ought to sing something. Uh, and I know where we're at. We're in the South, and we don't kind of get the highbrow. And I know you have First Baptist Church, though. That's the highbrow church, isn't it? The First Baptist Church. Where all the rich people go, and they all dress up real nice in nice clothes, right? And wear the robes in the choir. Some expect that when they come to church. But I want to come to a place where I can leave with a merry heart because it doeth good like a medicine. I believe all in my heart the church is a hospital. And I found one of the best things to do to help people when they're hurting and when they're out is help them be cheerful. Many hospital rooms I've left letting people laugh, thinking that pastor's the silliest guy I know in the world. He's so funny. Why? I'm trying to help him feel a little better for a little bit longer. How many nursing homes I've left trying to make that person feel a little better, a little stronger? How many funerals have I done where we laughed at the funeral? <gasps> Gasp. We laughed at the funeral, had fun, and we enjoyed it. And I would always find something in the family to tell. And I still do that. Find something in the family that's funny, that the family knows about, that they can laugh about. Why? It makes, it's like a medicine. It helps them who they are. We ought to be merry on Sunday morning as other times. And why? I want to have a well mind. Uh, I, I want to have something that uh, uh, helps me be, have the medicine I need to get through this life as crazy and harmful it may be. 
I can help all of us today. I believe, I believe scripture's true. Help us all to be healthier. Healthier. I got a little video I want to show you. Please don't call it sacrilege. Got a little video, so Tim, when you're ready, go ahead and play that. And, uh... Well, I'm going to get another espresso. Uh, more latte? No. No, I, I'm, I'm still working on mine. <laughs> Here we go. I got to take off my glasses for it. <laughs> oh, naturally. Okay, here we go. So, yes! Now watch when my mouth actually moves. <laughs> That's not me making that noise, it's the mask! Here, listen. Even the medical people believe that laughter is good for us. So it must be true, right? Well, we'll see about that in a second. Doctors say that 90% of people that come to the doctor's office have a psychological illness rather than a physical ailment. 90% of their sickness is in their mind rather than in their body. And much, and much of the 10% is kind of somewhere the same way. I think of that lady, I forget her name, was it Miss Emma? on Andy Griffith's show that uh, the pharmacist gave her that sugar pill to make her feel better and uh, whatever. But uh, anyhow, uh, Frederick II ruled Sicily in the 13th century. He wondered what language children would speak if they were taught no language. 
He wondered what they would do. He decided to place some children, I would say infants, babies, in foster homes where no one would speak to them at all. Not a word from a mother or a father. He was looking to see what language they, were speak, they would speak. These children grew up without any one word being spoken to them. This is in the 13th century. And it's said that every one of those children died within a year. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. John Hopkins years ago made a study of infants uh, in good foster homes and stern foster homes uh, where there was fussing and fighting going on. The children from the good homes lived, uh, uh, lived longer than the children from the stern uh, other homes. Why? A, good, uh, a cheerful, uh, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. In World War II, before World War II, Germany was doing some experiment to see uh, the same issue. And they found that the children who lived in cheerful situations grew taller and they were even heavier than children who were in bad places. And the key to making well is a merry heart. How in the world can this, make, uh, this happiness give us a cheerful spirit? Jesus tells us some things that we're going to look at this morning. There are three things in Scripture that he talked about himself. We're going to look at those for the outline to see what he says. And the word cheer, you can also use the word merry. Paul, merry. Paul used it three times, and Paul used it once or twice at least. So I'm going to look at these things. You want to write these down, or you get, uh, if you want to. Let me have the verses up. I'm not sure. We'll see how we go. Number one is this. I'm going to jump right into this and get preaching here, all right? You ready? You've been waiting for this. Number one, a cheerful person is one who knows his sins is forgiven. Someone who knows his sins is forgiven. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2 says, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on the bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And this morning, you and I, as God's people, need to realize we should be happy and cheerful because our sins have been forgiven. Jesus come to Capernaum, his hometown, Nazareth, was just down the road. And Capernaum is what we would call the county seat. And a fellow here was sick of palsy. And Jesus told him, be of good cheer. Thy sins have been forgiven thee. Do you want to be cheerful this morning? Then you need to live your life day to day, realizing that your sins have been forgiven. Now, they haven't been to the point where you don't sin anymore, but they've been forgiven. The past the present, and the future. Now, listen, I understand this morning that sin has its, and as I say, sin has its own reward. Sin has an end to it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact me living day by day, realizing that I've been forgiven. I need to be cheerful in the way I live. Doesn't mean I'm excited and I'm exuberant by the fact that I sinned. But I'm excited and cheerful about the fact that my sin that I have committed is forgiven. Gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. As far as the east is from the west, as far as the deepest ocean, my sins have been gone. Several times people uh, uh, who are happy are accused of having no conscience and they appear like they just don't care about life. But the, the issue is they realize that my sins have been forgiven. They're no longer to be held against me. And I would say that your sins are not recorded even in heaven because you're saved. I used to use this illustration when I would talk to people about this. And uh, take the songbook. Everyone grab a songbook. 
On the front page is all your sins, right? You can see the songbook? On the front page, or you can do the Bible the same way. On the front, the front of that songbook is all your sins. Just, no, just on the front, very front of it, very front of it. Look at it. Right, you see that? Then when you open up the page, the very first page, what do you see? It's blank. That's your sin life in the eyes of God Almighty. He doesn't see your sins if they've been cleansed white as snow by the blood of Jesus Christ. So that should make me cheerful. It should make me happy. It should help me live day by day, realizing that no longer can the sins I still commit be held against me. Yes, sin has its, its uh, uh, punishment. And yes, sin has a price. Yes, but God's not holding that against me for my salvation. So I should be cheerful and I should be happy and realizing uh, my best days are still yet to come. Why? My sins are imputed to Jesus Christ. Romans 4, as I mentioned this Wednesday night, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And the word blessed means contented. I should be content in the fact that I'm no longer and held responsible for my sin by God Almighty. But I'm going to tell you this, you will be held accountable to your sin. Don't, don't take us wrong this morning. Sin has its price. But I am no longer accountable to God for my sin because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I should be cheerful. I should be happy. I shouldn't be running around like the world's going to be over. In fact, I wish the world would end soon, by the way. <laughs> All right? But I shouldn't be living my life that way, the uh, way things may be. The word, uh, there's a difference between a lost man sinning and the saved man sinning. Jesus says uh, to, to the angels, you put that man's sin on my account because I paid for them. You know, the saved man, you put the saved sins of that lost man on his account because I haven't saved him yet. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And spiritually speaking, you and I should be the happiest people in the world because our eternity and our present day has been satisfied. But yet we live so much. What if? What if? And sin is devastating us. Yes, but I should have a merry heart. How did I get my sins forgiven like that? It wasn't by joining the, joining the church. It wasn't by getting baptized. It wasn't by confessing my sins or turning over a new leaf or living a good life. I realized that I was a sinner. I realized that I can't save myself. I realized Jesus Christ paid for my sins and I put my faith and trust in him and I got saved. And somehow in heaven, uh, when, the, when my name is there and the sins that should be there are no longer there. I should be living a cheerful life. Oh, you know what? Pastor Barry, have you seen the gas prices? No, I haven't seen a gas price in years. <laughs> have you been to the grocery store? Do I look like I haven't eaten for a while? <laughs> but, you, if I, you know, Pastor Barry, everything is going up in price. Do you realize since the day I was born, everything has gone up in price? Right? And we're all living like life is over. We were in uh, Pigeon Forge for a few days last week, enjoying ourselves. I got to tell you what, I didn't see anybody walking around with their head down saying the gas price is too high to go to Pigeon Forge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was busy. It was busy. And I'm sure it's a lot busier this week. That's why I went last week. But it was busy. The people were still enjoying themselves. I saw people getting ice cream at night at the ice cream place, but they're hurting because the gas prices are so high. 
Are you with me? And you know that ice cream solves every problem. And it fits around anything in your stomach. All right. Just so you know. But on the cross, he paid that penalty for me. That's why uh, salvation is all about. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. I should be cheerful and happy because my sins, sins are forgiven. Years ago, there used to be a Bible professor at a seminary in Texas. He was, he raised a church of God and he was a church of God preacher for many years. He's a church of God preacher. And he gives his testimony. He talks about the fact that, that uh, he believed that you could die uh, at any time you died. If you didn't have your sins confessed, caught up, you wouldn't go to heaven. They used to call it holding on. And he believed that. And he would preach that from his church. And every day and every time he sinned, he said if he, and he would pray for God to forgive him from his sins every night before he went to bed. He was a pastor. Because he wanted to make sure that if he died in his sleep, I guess, he'd wake up in heaven. And then one day, this pastor heard about the grace of God. He heard about it's not by works, but it's by faith. And finally, this pastor, who'd been preaching this for years, realized the fact that I'm not saved by me. I'm not saved by my confession of my sin. I'm not saved by anything I can do. I'm saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and his precious blood for me. And he, and he got so excited, he got saved. He started jumping up and down and getting all excited. And he went and taught other preachers how to be preachers after that at a, about the seminary. Some come to church and they say, I just don't believe you should be laughing at church. Well, there's plenty of places you can go. They don't laugh, so you can go there. Amen. And I know sometimes I get a little carried away and get a little crazy. But if you can't have fun at church, where can you have fun at? They say they, they believe that because they believe they work their way to heaven. And the more somber you are in church, the better chance you have of getting to heaven. God help you. That's what you believe. Over 5,000 years ago, there was a man named Noah. He was told the flood was coming. He went to his wife and his three boys, ham, sham, and meatloaf. <laughs> ham, sham, and Japheth. He said, fellas, uh, we're going to we're gonna have to build us a boat. Well, Dad, what's a boat? It's a big thing. It's going to hold animals. It's going to float in the water because it's going to start raining. Dad, what's rain? They had never seen it. And by faith, they began to work years and years and years on the boat. See, if you believe you work your way to salvation, then you're going to believe this. You're going to believe that Noah took and he put eight big nails in the side of the ark. And when the rain started, he said, now, honey, you go grab that nail. Japheth, you grab that nail. Sham, you grab that nail. And Ham, you grab that nail. And we're going to hang on. We're going to hang on through this storm till it's over. That's how we're going to get saved. You can believe that all you want to. But that's not what happened, is it? Noah said, hey, quick, get inside. Honey, Japheth, Ham, Sham, you guys get in the boat. That's where salvation is going to be at. Don't be worried about God will take care of us. And obviously he did. Paul said in Romans 5, 8, blessed is, blessed, 
Blessed is the man to whom the Lord not imputes sin. Jesus said, be of good cheer. Thy sins have been forgiven thee. What a happy day that my sins got forgiven. I should be cheerful and happy and excited. Number two, cheerful is the person that the presence of God is with you in the midst of a storm. Cheerful is the person that has the presence of God with you in the midst of a storm. Matthew 14, 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. The wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea, and the disciples saw him walking on the water. They were troubled, saying, I, I, this is so funny, who else would be walking on the water in the middle of a storm, guys? Who is this? It's a spirit. And they cried out of fear, but straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. This morning, a cheerful person is a person who realizes no matter what storm I'm going through, God is there with me in the storm. He's with me in the storm. There are some people in the midst of the storm, and the storm uh, of uh, storm uh, is raging around you. But you feel at ease, and you feel cheerful, and you feel happy. Why? Because you understand the presence of Christ Himself is there with you in the midst of the storm. Now, there's a song about that I heard a few weeks ago. When I was mowing my yard. I, I got these headphones, and, I, and I, hey, I'm all checked out. My headphone, and I'm Bluetoothing to my phone. iHeartRadio, blah blah blah. I'm out there jamming all these quartet songs. And I heard this song in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm, I can't say it all. I need to get it, and and uh, I, I can sing them all, but not for you. And uh, but but uh, it's a great song. And listen, this morning, the person who's cheerful and happy is realizing why I'm going through. I'm going through. The presence of God is with me. Amen. I am not on my. I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. I should be cheerful. In the midst of his death, uh, he is there. Uh, uh, listen, uh, I mentioned already, I think, I think when a loved one who loves Jesus Christ has died and gone to heaven, I think we ought to have some cheerful times in the service. We ought to remember the fun that we had together. We ought to be some joy about that. We ought to have a merry heart. In fact, I think there should be more of a merry heart at a funeral than a wedding. Amen. Y'all, you're catching that, aren't you? Some of you, some of you are like, what's he, what's he saying? And, but I think it ought to be joyful times. There's funny stories. I heard the story of this couple that were getting married and the pastor was doing the ceremony. And he said, uh, I got to tell you the story about how they got engaged. And he said the son, the man that came home from somewhere, school or whatever, and there was a, a family party going on in the house. And he said he went to the kitchen because he was going to engage to, this, to his to his bride. There was people in there. He went out to the porch and there was people out there. He went to the bedroom and there was people out there. Back in the living room, people were in there. So he took her to the rest bathroom. And in the bathroom, he asked her to marry him. And the pastor told the story in the wedding. And somebody said, you shouldn't do that in a wedding. Why not? There's nothing more personal and funny about that than them getting engaged in the bathroom. Being joyful. Being joyful because in the midst of your storm this morning, the presence of God is with you. Now here, Jesus took the storm away. To most of us, we live with the storm and the presence of God. The darkest day that a Christian ever spends 
is brighter than the brightest day an unsaved man ever sees. And we should be excited about being with Jesus in the midst of the storm. Have you been there? Death of a loved one? A hospital stay? I've been in a hospital where I died twice. In fact, the hospital told me, don't come back here. Because I scared him to death. Just 2017, wasn't it? 2017. Uh, I, I, anyhow, it's a long story. I won't go through it. But you say, well, and I was out for a couple minutes. You know, one time I was out for a couple minutes, and they're doing all this stuff, keep you awake, whatever. And uh, so when I came to, my boy said to me, well, Dad, what did you see? And I said, I saw purple ravens way off in the distance telling me, go back, go back, go back. I, I didn't see that. I made it up. I didn't. I didn't. You, you don't see anything in the midst of the storm with Jesus. What did you do? I woke up, and here I was with all these doctors and nurses around me. Oh, there he is, there he is, whatever, and my chest hurt. And, uh, but, hey, the presence of God's there. Whatever you're going through, and we should be cheerful and happy and excited about these things. You know, today, as I mentioned this Wednesday night, today the problem with churches is that churches are dying because they're dead. There's no excitement. There's no, no people living with the fact that my sins are forgiven there. There's no one living there realizing in the midst of my storm, God is still with me. And it's dead and it's dying and it needs to be put away. Do you realize that everything that is born is born to die? And when a local church is born, one day the future of that church will be it'll die. The church, obviously, no. But a local church was started, and one day down the road, it will be gone. It'll die. Why? There's no life. There's no excitement. Why? Someone forgot the fact, boy, my sins have been forgiven me. Someone forgot the fact, boy, in the midst of the storm, Jesus Christ is with me. And I have some other reasons uh, in my pastoral experience why that is, by the way. Uh, some people hang on way too long, but uh, that's, that's my personal opinion about that. But I want to be a person of good cheer. I want to be excited. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy life. I got one life to live. It'll soon be gone. Only what's done for God will last. I want to be a cheerful person that spreads the story wherever I go. Dear pastor friend of mine, who's, a, I guess, a hero of mine, if you want to call heroes. I don't really have heroes in that, that term that we use today, but a pastor I respect, he's long passed away. But he talked one day, he was invited to, to preach at, at a church convention for this people. And he was trying to help them in the matter of winning souls to Christ, but he was asked to preach there. When he got, walked into the platform, and I'm not preaching against any of this stuff, I'm just telling you the story. And uh, he walked in, in the story, in the church, and hadn't been there before, and there was two pulpits. One over here and one over here. And in the middle was a table with some stuff on it, whatever. So he's at, at a convention for these people. He's trying to help them in this, this area. They asked him to come speak on. He's trying to help them out. And he said that I spent the whole time running from pulpit to pulpit preaching because I wasn't sure which one to preach behind. And finally, the moderator of the meeting said, why are you doing that? And the preacher said, because I'm not sure where the casket is at in this dead place. 
And it's a place that you realize you're in the middle of a storm and you forgot that God is with you. God has his presence with you. Boy, nothing like the presence of God in the midst of a storm. I don't know if I said this to the church family before or not. I know I've said it in small little meetings. I've taught it before. Some of the hardest three months of my life were the three months I was finishing up pastoring our church that I pastored for years. I resigned at the first of June, if you would, right around that time. And I told him I'd stay through August, give him time to find a pastor, give him time for me to find out what I was going to do. I had no place to go. And from that moment, I, mentioned, I announced that from the church. Those three months, I asked my wife, she'll tell you, were the hardest time of my life. I mean, go to sleep at night, I'm up in about two hours, and I can't sleep no more. I have no idea why. I should be relieved. This is going to be someone else's problem. And I would get up and I would walk and I would think and pray and find out what was going on. And I would spend the summer doing three months. I never do that again. Next time, two weeks, I'm out of here. But, <laughs> but, uh, but before I left, I had a pastor called. pastor was called Sunday before my last Sunday. So when we left, the new pastor was already there. It was no problems. It was a great situation for the new pastor, young pastor. Worked good for him. But I'm going to tell you this. During those wee hours of the morning, I never lost who I was. I never lost being cheerful. I never, I didn't get mad, even though I kind of felt like it was a, I was getting divorced in a manner of speaking. People who you love, you're going to separate because you got to get away. You can't do the weddings. You can't do the funerals. You, you got to move. You got to get out of the way. Let them go on. People who I loved, man, there were people there that I led the Lord, people I baptized, people that I buried their family and married them and their kids, baptized their kids. You know what I mean? But in the midst of all that stuff, early morning hours, there's one thing I always knew. The presence of God was always with me in the midst of that storm. He was always there. I mean, I don't remember eight, three, well, even a few months after we were here, it took me a while to get over that. Why? It, was, it was a terrible time emotionally. I had never been through that before like that before. And uh, God was there in the midst of the storm. I still was happy and cheerful and excited, and the rest is history. Number three is this, and lastly, number three is a cheerful person is the person who knows he has overcome the world. Cheerful is the person who knows he's overcome the world. John 16, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And this morning, you and I should be excited because we've overcome this messed up place we live in. We've overcome all this. Uh, Jesus was talking about his departure back to heaven in a few hours, and he's about to go to the cross and endure all the suffering of Calvary. He gathers his own circle together. He talks to them, and he says, and they say, why are you going away? Our captain, our savior, you're going to go away. What are we going to do? And he said to them, be of good cheer. I've overcome this mess I'm leaving you behind on. It's going to be all right. It meant don't be afraid of this world. And this morning, you and I as God's children, we cannot be afraid of what's going on around us. Yes, it's messed up. And yes, it doesn't make sense. And yes, it seems totally uh, uh, just 
confusing. Uh, if, the world, if, the creation, if the world was created by a big bang, we're seeing it happen right now. You know what I mean? But we cannot let that get to us. Because we have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. We have overcome all these things. And we ought to realize that, be cheerful and be happy. Because listen, what, I'm not saying you stick your tongue out at them, but we should. Because we got it made. And as far as I'm concerned, they can have the place. They can have my key. And they can have my debt. And I'll see you later. Why? I've overcome it. I shouldn't, I can't let it. And I know, and I know we need to pay attention. I know you know what's going on. I understand all that. But boy, some people are so engrossed what's going on around the world. They, they are distressed Christians. They're unhappy. They're afraid. And we shouldn't be that way. We should be the happiest people in this crazy, messed up world. Jesus said, be, be good cheer. I've overcome all this. He said the same thing when he said in uh, Luke 10, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You've overcome this world. You should rejoice and be happy. And what I'm saying, a cheerful heart doeth good like a medicine. And some of God's people got a problem. You're sick. And what you don't need is a pet pill. You need to realize your sins have been forgiven. You need to realize that you've overcome, that when you're in the midst of a storm, that Lord is there, and realize that you've overcome this crazy, messed up mud ball. You're far above that. We should be happy and cheerful. Well, Pastor Bear, you know, I, I, no, I don't know. I don't live in that world. I, I on purpose, refuse to listen and to pay attention to some things going on in the world because I, 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 don't need it. I don't need it to bother me and bog me down. I found out I still go to bed at night. I still get up in the morning whether the world turns or not. And I want to be at peace with God and peace with God's people, be a happy, cheerful. Do you get disappointed? Yes. Do you get your feelings hurt? Yes. Yes. But I'm going to be cheerful about it. I'm going to be cheerful about it. Why? Because I understand what's in it for me. Rejoice means, you could say rejoice means, this is Murray version, jump up and down and click your heels together. I would, but I got a bad knee. And I don't want to do that and have to go back to the hospital. <laughs> but if I were to say to you this morning, your name is written down in heaven, somebody at least ought to grunt by the fact that you're saved and going to heaven. I never forget years ago, I was getting a passport, need to get a passport to go out of the country. And uh, now don't worry, don't get a passport. If you don't have the COVID shot, just don't get it because you're going to have to stay. They won't let you out anymore. We've been, we've been locked in. Anyhow, making fun. But I went to get a passport and uh, uh, I thought I had a birth certificate from when I was born that my mom had given me. And I took that down to get the passport. And what I found out was it was one of those award type birth certificates that someone filled out and gave to me because I was born by the church or something like that was given to me. It wasn't the official birth certificate. I said, well, good. I never was born. <laughs> Why? Because they told me I'm not. So I couldn't use that. So I had to go back to the county uh, where I was born, Salem, Salem, Ohio is where I was actually born at. And I had to go back to that county and get information. Fortunately, we were close enough to, to uh, get that taken care of. But I got that birth certificate. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, looked at it. I was looking at it and I realized 
That's my name. That's my name. This proves the fact that I was born to Betty Jean DeVille and Robert Lee Murray. And it proves the fact that I was four feet, 200 pounds when I was born. (laughs) As my mom accused me of. And it even tells me on there that I'm a boy. (laughs) Amen. But more importantly than the funny part, my name is written on that piece of paper, verifying the fact that I am. Do you realize this morning in heaven there's a book? And in that book, your name is in there to verify the fact that you've been born again. It's not been blotted out. It's been securely printed that one day you can say, man, that's my name. Hey, Ethel, my name is in this book. It's right there. I was saved. Well, the fact you're in heaven will kind of prove the fact you're saved. But to see your name written there is even better. Amen. And that should make me cheerful. The Bible says rejoice, be merry, be happy, be cheerful. Why? Because my name written down in heaven. We ought to have a merry heart. And some may be saying uh, about all this, is this done yet? Uh, Are we finished yet? Let me say this and I'm done. I'm not a doctor. I have no, no degrees in that area whatsoever. Thank God for every medical person in the world. But I know this, being, being of a merry heart is like a medicine. And there's some of God's people who are fighting with irritable bowel syndrome. How's that for a fancy word? Ulcers, stomach issues, nervous issues. And you ought not be doing that. Why? Well, first of all, because your sins have been forgiven you. Second of all, because in the midst of every storm you go through, the presence of God is there with you. And third of all, you've already overcome the world, and one day you're going to see your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You should be cheerful and happy. I wonder how many of our physical problems we could solve from having a merry heart, a cheerful heart. Because we know we've been forgiven. We know we have the presence of Christ in the midst of a storm. And we know that our names are securely uh, written in the book of life. It's like a good medicine. And by the way, it's the cheapest doctor visit you'll ever make. It won't cost you a thing. You're telling me this morning you believe that some of my problem may be psychologically uh, induced? Yes. The medical world says so. God says so. It's enough for me. How can I fix it? Have a merry heart, a cheerful heart. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you for this, I think, totally different and from nowhere sermon that I came across the last few weeks. But help us to have a cheerful heart. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And boy, I believe some of your people, they suffer from things they shouldn't suffer from because their heart's not merry, and it should be. Because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine.
maybe we could solve some of our stress and some of our nerves issues and some of the problems even physically we face. I believe sometimes our mind can cause our body to react to things that we do. I think it's proven, proven over and over again. And God help us this morning to have a merry heart and take the pill, take the medicine, and be cheerful and be happy. Dear friends, this morning, I don't know your situation personally. I don't know what you're going through or not going through, most of you. Some of you do, some I don't, but I know this. The best pill I've ever found to take in my life has been a cheerful pill. A cheerful pill in the midst of whatever's going on. I can have a merry heart because it's good like a medicine. Maybe there's someone here this morning you don't know your sins are forgiven. You don't know that you're under the blood of Jesus Christ as I talked about at the beginning of the message. This morning would be the day you reach out and you take Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and know that your sins are forgiven and that your name is securely written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Would that be your situation this morning? I'd love to talk to you today. We're going to stand on our feet in a moment. When we do that, would you just come down front and get my attention and I or someone else will help you. A lady, a lady will come help you and show you how you can be saved this morning. That be your need. And all God's people shall leave today with a merry heart. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church, events, and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbccannapolis.com.
thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church, events, and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbckannapolis.com.